0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to
1: supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1. <laughs> All
0: right, guys, episode fifteen of Sex with My Grandma. Um, bubba, hey,
1: hi, hi darling. <laughs> so you remember I'm here with you, yeah. <laughs> You need
0: to pull that microphone away from your mouth. It is so loud. (laughs) I just feel like I start off every podcast exactly the same, being like, hey, guys, (laughs) trying to mix it up, keep you on your toes. (laughs) Is that right? Have I got the right distance? That's perfect. Keep it there. Okay. Done. That's beautiful. You nailed that. (laughs) All right. Well, so tonight we're actually covering a bit of a heavier topic than our usual, Mm. It's something that comes up all the time and I think it's really important that we cover it and so do you, Bubba. We've talked about this a lot. But tonight we're going to be talking about sexual abuse. It's a huge part of what you deal with on your day-to-day in your rooms Mm. and it's honestly it happens more often than we realize and I think that's all become a bit more prevalent in the last couple of years. Mm. So should we start off with, look, I don't even know if you can define or put a label on what sexual abuse is, but how would you describe it?
1: You're right. It's hard to describe it, but basically the bottom line is that when anybody's coerced to have sex with someone else or somebody physically touches somebody against their will and a Mm non-consenting person, that's sexual abuse, be be it a child or an adult.
0: Mm-hmm. And yes. I think that's why it's we've realized that it happens more often than not because there have been so many times that, like, people I know, myself included, have just been touched in an inappropriate way that makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. We're all victim to sex. Oh, my God. By the way, Lester's snoring next to me. That's my dog. I'm not sure if that's going to be picked up on the mic, but <laughs> if it does,
1: so's. I just want the listeners to know it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: All right. So how often would you say that people are a victim to sexual abuse or are sexually abused.
1: Well, you know, it, the the figures are staggering, Olivia. Um child protective services state that there's a child sexually abused every 9 minutes in this country. It's st- every 9, every nine minutes. minutes. And that oh, it's frightening. And that 34% of victims of sexual abuse are under the age of 12.
0: Oh, I oh, that actually makes me feel weird in my own body I know that is a staggering number
1: and that's only people that have come forward but oh my god I think there are so many people out there that don't come forward and that you know the others don't that they're not told the authorities are not told about it I actually believe the stats are higher like they're saying 66 percent of people between 12 and 17 are abused but and that one in 53 males are abused, but I totally dispute that. I think that there are so many males who are too scared to come forward and talk about it. Um, and out of fear, out of shame. And I know how many people I see in my room. So I, I just think that with all the publicity about sexual abuse and people being jailed for it and people being accused of it you would think that people would be more wary of it but it seems to be it seems to be alive and well everywhere everywhere and I know that it's absolutely rife amongst the aboriginal community
0: Mm, yeah that's a very good point Mm. so what what's what would be maybe it's better off to start with like Say you like what are the best ways for you personally Mm. to deal with sexual assault or abuse if you've gone through it yourself?
1: Well, that's such an interesting question. If you're talking about young children, they literally do nothing about it because what happens is they're groomed by the people who are the perpetrators. And and how and how little kids are groomed is, is because the you know, the perpetrators start playing with them and and I I actually explain this to my clients who are so filled with shame, uh, that when your genitals are played with, it feels damn good, particularly when you're a kid. And so that's how they first get them in. And then when the child realizes, hold on, what they're doing is not okay and what they're asking me to do is not okay, and the minute they start complaining, the perpetrators make the children scared. They tell them that, what were, but you loved it. You loved it at first. Why are you asking me to stop now? So then the child feels confused and, and guilty, and then they frighten them and tell them that, anyway, if you go and tell your parents, they won't believe it anyway, particularly if I deny it. Or if you do go and tell your parents, I'll have to kill you and your parents. So a lot of children are threatened. Yes. Children are petrified and they what happens to them, males and females, they shut down. They actually block it from their heads, they don't tell anybody, and it gets to a point where they uh disconnect, they dissociate, and it it really doesn't come up for them until they grow up, get married, have kids, and all of a sudden they might look at a, their child who's the same age as what they were when they were sexually abused and they start having triggers and flashbacks. And they and it, it's like everything that's been packed away into their filing cabinets in their brain, all of a sudden… Like all open all again, infl- comes flooding not, back. It doesn't come flooding back because they only really? they only mm-hmm. get little flashes of it.
0: And, so it's suppressed that deep that they've like completely forgotten about and, it, so and, like and, bury it, hide it away, and
1: pretend it never happened. No, and nine the, the, again, the figures are staggering. Ninety three percent of of the perpetrators that are known to the victims which makes it worse it could be it could be friends of friends it could be grandfathers it could be stepfathers it could be brothers Mm. it could be brothers friends it's their note or mothers it could be anyone and and mothers and mothers friends Mm. because yes there are there are females who are sexually abusing children as well not to the same extent that males are but they certainly are on the radar Mm. system for sure
0: yeah. So if you're a child, look, there's only so much you can do without seeking the assistance of an adult. But say you're a little bit older, you start having these flashbacks. What's your what's your first step to Dealing with well, it and yeah. you know recovering. Well,
1: the first thing I do is I, I actually I have a treatment that's used for post traumatic stress. I might have spoken about it on the program before. It's called EMDR. It's called eye movement dissoci- dissociation. Hold on, I'll start again. Eye movement. Go again. Desensitization <laughs> and reprocessing, and basically. Um, what it does is that when we, when we pack away the trauma into our subconscious, this treatment pulls the trauma out of their subconscious, mm. subconscious, and all the memories come flooding back. And Liv, I've, I've had clients who remember things being done to them. They even remember who did it from the age of 18 months old. Yeah, oh, it's my actually God. Yes, imagine yes. having
0: to relive that and go through it again. Mm. So I well obviously your first step would be to seek professional well, yeah. help. Oh, or they
1: like, must get professional see- help and somebody who knows what yeah. they're doing. So once we unpack it, then part then what the main part of the therapy is, is to help clients understand that they were not responsible for what they did because a lot of them are so ashamed and feel that they are responsible for it. <clears throat> and which is probably um, the saddest part because yeah. it really
0: puts them in a very you know awkward yeah. awkward yeah. and awful position where they think that it's that it was done because yeah. they it, because of yeah. them they are the reason yeah. and when that's not the case at all and
1: also they uh, they fear telling their parents um or family members uh Uh, they don't want to break up families. But at the same time, I've had many clients who tell me that they've actually told their parents um, and, and their parents have discounted it because, A, they don't know what to do about it and, B, very often their mothers have been or fathers have been sexually abused themselves. So it gets pushed under the carpet for fear of breaking down the family structure or splitting up families
0: yeah, and the fear of not being believed. Yes.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, believed. what would be <clears throat> what would
0: be your advice to any parents out there that you know may or have come up against this with their children?
1: Well, the first thing I would do is go to the police and report the perpetrators. But I, I, I ask gr- the, my grown-up clients, do they want to uh, prosecute the, the perpetrators? Are they alive? Are they still alive? And if they are. Do they want to prosecute them? Some do. And, and some actually end up taking them to court and they go to jail. I was actually going to ask you that and say,
0: sorry to cut you off there. I was actually going to say, is it useful for them to confront their abuser if they're still alive and able to? Well, they don't,
1: they don't, they actually don't want to confront them face to face. I get them to, I get them to write letters to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and explain what they did. And how it has destroyed their lives, their relationships, intimacy with people, and mm. um, that uh, they, if they want to, they prosecute, and if they don't, mon- many of my clients feel that just by writing the letter is it,
0: it gives them some sort of pleasure, well,
1: therapeutic in itself by putting it down on paper, yeah. and then they put the letter in a drawer, and then they make a, they make a decision somewhere down the track whether they want to mm. let go of it or whether they actually want to do something about it in the future.
0: Do you know what I really like about this? It gives them <coughs> control back. Yes. It kind of puts the, everything back in their own hands yes. and gives them, you know, cuz yes. I I have not been sexually abused thankfully, yes. but I can only imagine it would remove so much innocence from you from as a child yes. and also <laughs> make you feel quite powerless so giving that element of control and being like this is up to you this is mm-hmm. your decision yeah. what happens next must be very like comforting even
1: it is um to a point but pa- again part of the therapy is because a lot of women do go to therapy and a lot mm-hmm. of therapists help them deal with the abuse but what they don't teach what they don't do is teach the clients how to have a loving relationship, a loving sexual relationship with intimacy because they relate sex to something dirty and horrible. What are some ways that people have
0: like coped with abuse or like often ways that you see people like Mm -hmm. the relationship that they have with sex and and partners Mm -hmm. after being abused? Is it it often seen in like an aggressive kind of like – Disassociative kind of yeah. way, or is it more like they're scared of it? They're not into That's, it. Some, like, what do you? Some,
1: see? some women develop a condition called vaginismus, um, mm-hmm. where they they are so they don't realize their <clears throat> brain is so scared of having sex that it actually connects to their pelvic floor muscle, which goes into a spasm, and so mm. no one can penetrate them because they have painful sex. Some women mm. just dissociate and switch off and just lie there and let their partners do what they like to them and some women start mm-hmm. crying and so mm. part of my what i sorry go mm. live. I was just gonna say what about men when they're abused well w- yeah, where, how do they where react? it affects men more than women is that they are able to perform sexually but they Know nothing about intimacy, and they don't. They're not affectionate, and they shut down. And women come and say, mm. "I'm married to this man who's totally emotionless. I never know what he's thinking or feeling." It's because they have learned to disconnect as well. Yeah. And so, again, my treatment with all these people is I teach them how to have non-sexual affection for starters. Um, mm. I I explain to my female clients that when a guy gives his partner a big hug he gets a release of dopamine in his system
0: when Mm -hmm. when you get
1: that loving hug and 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 dopamine triggers testosterone so a guy when he gets a release of testosterone naturally gets an erection so he looks down and thinks oh my god it might be the last one i ever have and he drags his wife into the bedroom (laughs) <laughs> and, and she's thinking, all I wanted was a hug. I didn't really want to have sex, and so I do teach my guys and my and the women that when they want a hug, they have to literally ask for a non-sexual hug. And then a non sexual -sexual hug hug because I love that all about permission. It's it's not really about permission, it's about being able to be frank and honest and transparent with your partners and let them to, you know, to understand why. And that's why many Mm. women avoid affection for that reason, by the way. So I, because I think it'll just lead to sex. I also teach my guys not to, um, if their wives are absolutely hell bent on not having oral sex, that. If they're having or receiving. Wait, giving, giving or receiving. Giving oral sex. Um yeah. because very often young girls are, are forced to give their perpetrators oral sex. And and so it's it's quite it does, mm. it's nauseating when you think about it. So I say to them, look, until you guys learn to enjoy sex in a loving, romantic um and and have like a non-threatening totally non-threatening safe way to to have passion and 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 to learn about intimacy then no any any time that each person wants to do something that the other person doesn't want to do to, to let go of it until such a time as the person is ready and so sex has to be taught to be more loving and not just about penetration you know it needs yeah. romance and passion needs to be taught again without the end result being penetration both need both yeah. need to learn to be a, 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 about loving touch about romantic moments nights out together fun is a very big one you know i'm very big on having fun and having dating nights where you have fun and we love having yeah, fun you know bathing together romantically communicating and about what you're thinking and feeling and so you the relationship needs to come back to a point where uh they people can relax and understand that sex isn't something that's uh, abusive and nasty and horrible and that it that loving is a very very big part of it but i tell you what i would like to add to this story is that oh can can i just bring in that um, w- we had questions and answers last week.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you this yeah. next, but you go ahead or do yeah, you want me to ask, ask you? Yeah, ask i
1: question and, I'll, and it's quite interesting okay. actually.
0: You don't even need me. You can host this show by <laughs> no, yourself.
1: Want- no, go for it.
0: <laughs> okay. So we, we did have someone um bring this question up last week and we didn't get around to it. And it's actually why we've decided to do this episode this week because we decided it needed a lot more attention than just a couple of minutes. But – we have or you know one of our listeners is um in a couple, and his partner was sexually abused when she was younger, and she doesn't want to deal with it at all, but he's really struggling and would like to help her and wants her to deal with it and how what are some ways that we can help him or the, or how he can help her rather
1: yeah. the, the the person that wrote in said, "How can I get my house my partner to go and get help um, mm. and I explained that most most guys are natural hunters and gatherers. <laughs> and when something's mm-hmm. broken, they want to fix it.
0: I'd say they're mainly, mainly on the yes. hunt. Let's
1: well, put it that way. <laughs> they, they do. And the, by saying, how can I help my partner go and get help to deal with it? Mm. The, her, if he tells his partner that, she's going to hear him as what I call rescuing her. And no yeah. one likes to be told what to do and so Mm -hmm.
0: yeah no one likes free advice right especially when it's not asked exactly
1: and uh, my suggestion is that that this guy should ask his partner wife that does she really want to go through her wife life feeling the way she does and having a the relationship that they're both missing out on and does she want to do something about it and if she does Mm -hmm you know what it what is what would she like to do is there anything that he can do to help her but not tell her ask her that, yeah that's yeah. the only way you can really deal with that one yeah
0: and what if she says no
1: if she says she, if she nothing. says no and then he has options as well it's his prerogative to stay in a love in a sexless marriage basically um or mm. it, depending on his age um it, he has the choice to move on as well. And so I don't want to spend the rest of my life in, in an unromantic, sexless, unaffectionate whatever marriage that or relationship that we have. Yeah.
0: By all means, that's… That in itself is a very difficult position for him to be it in It is, well. particularly if
1: he loves it because I have lots of guys and girls that say that they absolutely adore their partners but they don't like sex. And and so I say, well, they'll only put up with that for a certain amount of time. We have to do something about it. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah.
0: How many mm. people have, do you reckon you, you see in your rooms that say they don't like sex? Too many,
1: unfortunately, at the moment. That's yeah, sad. too
0: many. And mm. so is it possible to make her, like, if they do want to, ha- like, mm. you know, do the work and get help, and you know, start the healing mm. process. It is. Is it possible to come back from oh, sexual I, abuse? If
1: I, I wouldn't be uh, sitting in my chair for forty years. <laughs> and, and I mean, we
0: know we, you're very I, good at your well, Yes, yes <laughs> no, of course, I,
1: I definitely help people reconnect romantically mm. and ch- the, And the big secret is, live is for people. It's for the the person who hasn't got the sex drive who mm-hmm. are committed to want to have it. And, and I explained even to one of my clients today that, you know, her husband was with her and I said to the husband, what you don't realize that women don't like not feeling sexual. It's a very, very mm-hmm. lovely part of being a woman. And if mm-hmm. you don't feel sexual, it's like you're missing a vital link in your personality. You feel like, You feel like you're dead from the eyebrows down. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I said, so you have to understand that if, if your partner sitting here saying, I want to feel sexual, but I don't know how, um, believe mm-hmm. me, they don't like the idea. And if they're wanting help, then they're, then they're the easy ones for me to help. But yeah. can I talk about something else that, um,
0: I, you, you can talk about, about whatever you want. This is I your know. platform. Well,
1: I, I want to talk about the fact that, Um, something that happens on the Gold Coast. I don't know whether it happens in other places because I don't talk to other people about it. But I'm talking about older, younger girls now, like girls in their teens that go to nightclubs. Mm -hmm. And I see too many girls who have their drinks spiked in nightclubs.
0: If I could tell you how many people I know who have had their drinks spiked, myself included, You would it be is. shocked.
1: Well, it shocks me. More than not. It shocks me. I, it shocks me. Yeah. I, I had I, – I, no, oh, do you want me to tell, tell you my story? story? and I'll tell you in, something else in a minute. Yeah.
0: Mm. So mm. I was – luckily, thank goodness, nothing yeah. happened to me. It was a Friday. I was living in London at the time. It was a Friday after yeah. work and I went to a client yeah. lunch and I definitely had a few wines at lunch, as you do, Media mm. Land. Ended up having a few drinks, went to have another drink with my boss and, like, a group of people from work who I know and trust, Mm. mind you. And all I remember was getting a – it was back in the day when I drank espresso martinis, no longer. Mm -hmm. Had an espresso martini, literally sat down, and that was the last thing I remember. Mm. The next thing I remember, I was waking up in my house, in my bed, completely distorted at 9 o'clock at night. And this was probably around – Four that I'd fallen asleep. Actually, no, sorry, it was like three AM. I remember this now because I remember looking, getting up, looking at my phone. There were messages on my phone from the people I'd worked with saying, "Let us know when you wake up." And I was like, "Something's happened." And I basically called them the next morning. I was out of sorts. I felt so sick. Something was wrong. I had like this, like almost twelve-hour gap where I had no idea what had happened. But basically, I'd had that drink, gone to meet another group of friends with my work friends. And just said, I don't feel great, put my head down on the table and fell asleep and they could not for the life of them wake That's me up. That's terrible. So they all, I know, but thank God I was with them. They all piled me into a cab. They knew where I lived because I lived right mm. near the office and they took me home and put me to bed.
1: That's, well, you're, So I you was very lucky that
0: I had great with friends. With you.
1: Yeah, very lucky. And, 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 well, I can't tell you how many girls walk through my door and tell me how they've been raped. And and they're raped by having their drinks spiked and and mm. – I don't know whether this is going to get me into trouble, but I don't care. Quite often, <laughs> quite often the bartenders.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I've heard this before. Look, I don't think it's so, everywhere, but I, there's definitely some places, places, places that are not. for They're in it.
1: cahoots with the bouncers who eventually throw the girls out, telling them that they're drunk. And the next thing is the girls wake up in a stranger's bed with no clothes on um or they've been they wake up knowing that they're in the find themselves in the street where they've been raped one one of my clients mm. was raped twice in the one night and and oh, wait by the same no, person different people she was raped oh, and she remembered she everything? remembered being raped twice oh my god i, I know, it was h- horrific that poor girl and and and, and, mm. an, and another person told me that um she was on the dance floor, surrounded by a group of guys. They did a whole circle around her and she was digitally raped on the dance floor on the dance and she floor. couldn't do a blooming thing about it. So the ones that go to the police, and this is an awful part of the story and report it to the police, the police tell them that you know there's cameras so they can see, what's happening, but they say, mm. you know what, do yourself a favour, go home, get over it, go and get yourself tested for STIs. because it. if you go to court on it, the g- girls are actually put through hell on on the standing courts. The first thing they're asked yeah. by the uh, guys who get picked up by their lawyers is what were you wearing that night? And if they were wearing a low-cut Oh, my God, so yeah, it's kind of. No,
0: it's like a you You ask ask for it it kind of vibe. Oh, my God. I feel it. I cannot believe that would stand up these days. I feel like there is no tolerance for that.
1: And whether Mm. the police, some some of them just say get over it and and other police Mm. genuinely believe that the girls are going to be given such a hard time that they're told don't put yourself through it because it's a horrible thing to put yourself through.
0: So, mm, how do you get over something like that? Oh, how do you even begin to well, cope with that? Well, these girls end
1: up coming to me because they're so traumatized as a result of it, yeah, and, as and they're too be. ashamed to tell anybody else about it. They're too ashamed to tell their families. Yeah. Do you know what shame would be? Oh, a it's huge. huge absolutely, they're mm. crippled. They're crippled with sh- with shame, really. And
0: you work with them on overcoming I do. that.
1: And and the other thing yeah. too that I'd like to make to make a point of. Um, when you think about abuse, you immediately think about females. <laughs> but but I want mm-hmm. you to know there are equally as many men who have been abused as women. And yep. I hear about it from guys in their 40s, 50s and 60s who've been sexually abused by females and males when they were young and too, horribly ashamed to talk about it. and It only comes yeah. out when something traumatic occurs in their lives. Or when some trauma, or, you know, or when there's a breakdown in their relationships and then it comes out that they have been abused. And I must tell you that I, I've, I've seen men, where I've seen women cry and, and break down, when a man actually owns the fact that he has been raped as a kid or something like that, it, it, it's mm-hmm. actually heartbreaking to see the, the pain that these guys go through. It's really, really terrible. Yeah. Apart from that, thousands of males have been abused, as we know, through not only through family members but institutions. We all know what's happened with the um, Catholic Church, Boy Scouts, mm. schools, foster homes. I can't tell you how many boys are abused in foster homes. Um, so I've treated many, many males over the years who have been sexually mm-hmm. abused. So I know... That we immediately go to thinking about women and little girls, but believe me, boys get abused just as many as yeah. girls do. Um,
0: yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I do I do want to pivot this a little bit because yeah. I, I really want to touch on okay. date rape because I think that that's super sure. important. And actually it came up in conversation with a couple of friends the other night when we were chatting yeah. because we were kind of having a bit of a laugh and a joke about like what happens when you're, you know, say you're having sex with someone for the first time. And then they stick a finger in your butt and you're not ready for it. Yeah. And you're not into yeah. it. Like, how do you, like, say you're really into them and you're into, like, you're into having sex with them and it's all very consensual, whatever, but they do something that you're not really quite comfortable with. How do you tell them that that's not okay without ruining the moment, firstly? Because you still want to have sex with them and still want to keep it going and without like wounding their oh, ego God. a little bit. Would,
1: would you really, <laughs> would you really worry about hurting their bloody egos for God's sake? Why didn't you just turn around and say, hey, don't do that?
0: Because I reckon I would say that you, I, you know me, I'd well, be like, "Oi, my
1: granddaughter!" I but would say that too. I know, yeah.
0: but not everyone is that has that confidence to be like hard no from me, like when the guy slapped me in the face.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. But like, <laughs> Still can't get over that no. one, yeah, go on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and not, but not everyone's into like a cheeky digit up the tush. So how do you, you know, <laughs> if you're not really comfortable, like saying. Get the fuck off yeah. out of my butt! Like, how would you do that if you, you know? Well, <laughs> to do it a bit well, more the gently. The whole thing
1: is, is that if, if you can't do a hard no, then you do, then you do a soft. <laughs> Please don't do that again. I don't like it. That's yeah. not my. That's just, not my. Yeah, you've
0: set. got to, so you've got to set your boundaries. Yeah, be yeah. open and upfront. Okay, so I know that's not really. No, date, but I just but I want to like, ask
1: you something, Liv, because I I thought about mm-hmm. that this week. You know, thinking about this subject, and that is, that, yeah. Well, I, sometimes I feel sorry for guys because they don't know what, what's right and what's wrong. But what happens when two people who are very, very drunk <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, get together?
0: <laughs> Why don't I like where this is going? Yeah,
1: end up having sex, and then then the mm-hmm. guy is accused of raping the girl the next time. How can a guy? How does a How does a guy get out of that?
0: Honestly, yes. I've thought about this and this is a discussion I've I have had with of my I don't friends really how recently, guys
1: get a, you know how they how they deal with that. It must yeah. It has happened I know, to I, I, know I know too. But and they don't come yeah. to me as clients. But the but the thing is is that I've heard so many people say they've been accused mm. of rape date rape um, yeah. when in actual fact you know that they, they've both been as drunk as That I can't even stand up, probably taken up some drugs along with it, and then later accused of raping, being raped.
0: Yeah. Luckily, the people I know they have, it hasn't eventuated into anything, but I have had friends who have been threatened with it. And one of my guy friends, who's now a cop, he now, if the conversation starts turning a bit sour or going that way, he records it. See, this. He'll, like, put it as a record on his phone. He Like, they feel the need to protect yeah. themselves that much. So I really do empathise with Isn't well. that funny? Yeah. And I mm. – mm. but honestly, being a policeman, he knows yeah. kind of, like, what to do and what not. And he'll, like, have them say or acknowledge the fact that they had sex consensually on, on, on. his microphone or on his now, voice Now, that's so note.
1: interesting. Or he'll, I swear yeah. that's what went through my head too. I thought if I was a man today, whether I mm. was drunk or not, <laughs> mm. if I went – was it if I went back to have sex with a, a, a you know, whoever, boy, girl, otherwise, yep. I would definitely mm-hmm. tape. Now, are you sure you want to have sex with me? And I would tape it. I, I, that's what went yeah. through my head, too. It's, I must be yeah. honest with you. It's, uh, yes. And also, yes. I would
0: make sure that you're always with your <clears throat> friends. They see you leaving together, seeing it being very consensual. Yeah. So you've got yeah. back up. Like, I know that's not always the case, especially if your mm. Margie's in, but you need <laughs> witnesses. How fucked up is that?
1: It's awful, and and I do think that a lot of men have been accused of rape when they really mm-hmm. haven't raped them.
0: I, I mean, yeah. I've even
1: had clients come to me and tell me their husbands have raped them. and But that does happen. Uh, yes, there's rape in marriage, but I mean… When you've been married a long time there's a lot of guys who will roll over in the middle of the night in the middle of their sleep <laughs> <laughs> and and, and yeah. pop on top of their wives um or partners mm. and and now because they've got the date you know the uh rape in marriage story happening you know there's a lot of women putting up their hands saying they felt like they've been raped and I've said but if the guy's been Mar- married to for years, and and he rolls on top of you automatically because he's been doing it for such a long time. Why all of a sudden are you turning it into something really quite sinister? You know,
0: it's. it's I mean, it's, I, really, it, it's very, I, very. I feel hard. like it'd be very dependent.
1: It's yeah, it's dependent on circumstances, and I think that when the relationship turns sour, I think quite often, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's yeah, that statement is is used against the male. Mm. Yeah,
0: I know. Really sad. Mm. Well, I think that um, we should probably wrap mm-hmm. up there.
1: And unless says, anything you want to add? I don't think so. I think I think we I think we've I said think it all tonight. Sh- I, and I, I guess yeah. I'd like to wrap it up by saying that that for anybody who has been sexually abused, um, please go and get help. There is definitely yep. help out there. Um,
0: it's not your fault. There's a big support system out yes. there. You're not alone. And that- and there's no and, shame. And
1: there are there's plenty of um, a crisis lines, support lines, rape, you know, rape crisis lines, that. What if well, are there a few? Do you know any I off the top, of the top of your head? Top of my head, I should. That's very very miss. Well, mis- sexual self help yeah. line. Mm. Beyond Blue, I think. No, beyond no, suicide Beyond Blue is or? is is actually for for um, suicide. suicide. Um, but I would. But
0: would noteworthy yeah, as well. But
1: I I mean it. If worse comes to worse, ring up Lifeline because that. They- ring. Or, or ring Booba. <laughs> yeah, over. ring me. She's got ring appointments. Me.
0: She's got appointments available. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, definitely call me. Yeah. But, but the, mm. if you go to the right people to, and get the right treatment, if you are, have found that you don't like sex, don't want sex, disassociate because of being abused, go and get help and, and be. Very mindful that you want to change your whole mindset of seeing sex as something ugly and horrible to being something loving and and nice. At the end yeah, of the day, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Perfectly said. I think we should leave right, it right darling. there. Okay. All right. Thanks, Bob. All right.
1: Speak to you next week. Said so anytime see I next get to week. see you these days. <laughs> the oh, oh, shut up! <laughs> I know. Say <laughs> so, bye, bye.